0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Euphoria podcast available on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you call the iTunes podcast platform and SoundCloud. Uh, Before we begin, quick shout out to Naimura and Quickshot for covering last week as I was ill. I had COVID. It sucked. I'm not going to lie. It was very uh, mild symptoms, luckily, but definitely not Mm. fun to miss out on casting with my boy. None other than Cadrell. Wonderful to have you here. Wonder- I guess I'm, the one, I'm okay. the one coming in, so I should say wonderful to be here with you. You're Thank
1: always here. I think you should do the whole podcast alone. I can listen to that voice all day, Ooh. baby. Oh, my God. I don't know what happened ever since COVID, but your voice, it's just soothing my ears right now. No problem. It's a little deeper. It's still We're still recovering.
0: Um, obviously, I, I'm the one who came out and said, hey, I'm fine to be here. I want to do this podcast today. No one would push me to do anything mm-hmm. while I was sick, um, so I do feel good. Um, and it's good to be back. But my question for you is, as difficult as it was for me to lay on the couch with my mild symptoms and watch League of Legends streams and talk shit in your Twitch chat. You did a birthday subathon for like six days straight into casting two back-to-back best of fives into then co-streaming again. Do you sleep Mark Lamont, that is my question for you. Do you ever like? Do you are you okay, my dude? Because I'm yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. so everyone's no. like,
1: if you know, like, are you do, are you good, buddy? Are you doing all right? Yeah, maybe maybe the the subathon idea was a bit stupid before playoffs. Now that I think about it, maybe after something mm-hmm. like MSI would be a good idea when I had like three weeks break. But uh, yeah, I, w- I woke up on when did I turn the stream off? I think it was like Thursday night. I was like, guys, I am so out of it, and I have to cast tomorrow. So then I ended the stream. I got some good sleep, though. So then I woke up, popped off. But then the funny thing about turning the stream off was I then streamed the next morning anyway because I was co-streaming the LCK. Um, <laughs> dude, you got, I got to cover all the leagues. Trust me, when we get to Worlds, uh-huh. I'm going to spit straight fire about all these hey, reasons. You say, and Pitbull, baby, you know, Mr. Worldwide. It's in spring week three of the LCK. This is what happened. And now you fast forward to the World Championship in the semifinals. They're running it back again. Dude, I'm going to have some of those spits out. Yeah. Straight fire. It's going to be great. I'm going to love the knowledge bombs twitch chat will
0: spam who asked it'll be it'll be a good time um as a side note uh the excel bet is still ongoing i do still owe a song that i have to Mm -hmm. perform uh for context the instrumental is written but as you can imagine it's uh difficult to record vocals when you have covid so it's a bit delayed because we also want to put a tiny not to like overhype it we're going to put a tiny bit more video production behind it so it is coming the Excel bet will be resolved. It may even include a special appearance from members of Excel uh, in multiple capacities. There might be a piano solo. It's gonna there might be, be a guitar solo. It's it's, it's actually going to be hot garbage. Uh, I'm not going to lie okay. to anyone. It's going to be hot garbage. Like, let's not over... We'll people are make like, to sick, though. Well, we, yeah, we didn't do a reckless... Like, we, don't, we haven't had, like, a big musical piece since Wildfire. So I don't want people to think this is, like, a big musical thing because I made it in my house and I literally Googled generic pop song chord progression. Um so it's gonna slap it's gonna be a great meme but like I, i'm afraid I'm of hyping people it. up because lec music pieces have such a high standard and i'm like guys i'm making this in my house
1: like it, it would have been I, it, it would have been sick if it came out before XL played their first playoffs game and then as they walk onto the stage and the lec it plays like their their wwe stars coming out on the stage and it's their walk-in <laughs> song you know each team has a walking song yeah. that would be XL's.
0: yeah that would be have been the dream that was the planned timing um you know but covid happens life goes on anyway speaking of excel sadly uh we could have also considered doing it this week but they um are dead now long live excel Rip. goodbye excel so let's let's talk a little bit it's been it was a kind of a i would say mostly the weekend went as expected i would say that mm-hmm. how we got there was sometimes a little bit surprising but overall expected results uh not exactly the expected path to getting there and i think this was definitely Mm -hmm. true in the excel versus vitality series i know excel were confident coming into it but full five games um obviously this is where the spoilers begin so you know tune out if you haven't watched the series uh but vitality it was it was a very bizarre series like what's what was your read on the series you weren't working this day either so both of us just got to watch this
1: sit back as kind of spectators Mm -hmm. and, and see it what was your read on the series uh it was weird from a draft perspective because all of a sudden when you get to like game four uh the most op champs in the whole series are Corky Volleybear which is really weird for the for uh best of five in the current meta like after Nukeduck I think Nukeduck played one game of Volleybear, uh, one game of Corky in game three and popped the hell off and then I think by game four mm-hmm. Perks was saying oh, this thing is so broken so they early rotate Corky uh Volleybear and in the game five XL realized Corky's op and they ban Volleybear and they first pick it but then Vitality have a plan um, the weird thing to me again as well is like self-made is so good on Olaf, which is not a very meta pick either, but that's being picked into, <laughs> into XL and it wasn't even like the greatest of matchups. I mean, he's playing like one game against Xin Zhao, which is okay. One game against Volibear, which is fine, but they have a zillion. So it's kind of annoying. So, uh, I don't know if it's just like a classic self-made comfort pick, but I think Perks had in like an interview after their game where he said, um self-made is just really insane at the off meta junglers Uh, and when i think of Mm self-made i think of like kiana olaf kindred talon i mean he was this he
0: was the zed guy yeah he was the zed guy really before zed even took off and obviously in solo queue not really on stage but Mm -hmm. i frankly i like the Um, spice and i thought that like he just looked like an absolute monster on the pick and uh it's another one of those champions that i think makes renata feel even more oppressive because obviously just like Olaf's already such a pain in the ass to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, when he runs at your back line. Um, And that Renata pairing felt super good uh, earlier on. But the other weird thing was, like, not only was draft prior weird, but Excel's drafts, especially game five, and I don't want to, like, be a draft handy where you're just like, oh, you know, draft better, but, like... Hindsight, Andy, we should have picked this. Hindsight. (laughs) But they just straight up, like, Olaf was there, and they're like, Mordekaiser. And one of the reasons I love mord um is because you can just alt a jungler out of the pit when you're taking a baron and to be fair they did end up doing this they just didn't have enough damage to kill the baron in the meantime but it's just like olaf Mm -hmm. just alts your alt and then you just don't do anything and it's like I, i i really like more I think it's great. I think he's like Darius with a better alt. It admittedly a worse passive, but like this, this just did not make sense to me. And similarly, like didn't build a big enough lead in lane
1: that it really felt like a very high impact pick at all. Uh, I think I think what I saw in Excel's logic is they had a Caitlyn Lux and they needed to play for bot, right? And they had a jungler that needed to play for bot and they needed to pick a top laner that will do well into Camille, outscale it, but can play weak side. And the answer that came to their head mm-hmm. is Mordekaiser because he can't get dove, he can play weak side, clear waves and he'll outscale Camille. This was their logic, but their logic fell apart when Marku never really went bot side. The Caitlyn Lux like dies to enemy jungle ganks, gets pushed in and then now both your sides are losing because also Mordekaiser got killed to an early gank too. So I think it was a bit risky their Kate and Lux pick in game 5, it was confident, it was ballsy, but you need to play really well around bot. Like, you know, T1, T1 bot lanes are, uh, uh, LCK yep. bot lane in general, T1 bot lane, if they pick something like Kate and Lux, you know you're absolutely getting blasted. Uh, I think someone said in an interview afterwards from Vitality, it's like, if I see Kate and Lux on the enemy team or some kind of Jinx Karma or Astral Karma and they're not an LCK bot lane, I think we're going to win the game by default because, like, Western teams just don't know how to pull it off. So it was... Yeah, like, it's it's a it's a lane where if you play perfectly, you push, you trade properly, you base properly, your jungle plays around it great, then you're always gonna win. But if you if you screw up once, it's forever doomed, and that's kind of what happened in that game. Um, so that was well, kind of unlucky from the Exile bot lane, I think. Yeah, and I think it's the the thing that makes it also really difficult is it's not
0: just your lane because in that game it was like they lost mid jungle prio and then bot lane got lost because of it like even if like and i'm not saying that they played the trades great or that they like absolutely smashed lane i don't know enough about the lane to say whether or not they like even executed well but even if they were executing well it's like Lebrov got like what one roam off mid or whatever and then like the game was just over like they actually couldn't do anything like there's an Olaf on top of them and they're just it's absolutely completely and totally unplayable for them so yeah i think i mean like rogue have pulled it off as well but i i was just surprised at how narrow The win conditions felt for for XL in game five like i see the theory behind all the picks it just felt such like such a fragile comp like if anything Mm -hmm. went wrong it was going to go really wrong and even in the early lane phase yes finn you know like building up that cs lead alfari going early qss uh is like absolutely the right choice for him because then i think they actually do potentially have dive third on mordekaiser because he can't death realm either the olaf or the camille but um you know like you felt like oh he's got an advantage there and ultimately just none of their Small advantages here or there really mattered.
1: It just fell apart so quickly. Yeah, I think two, a couple of things that really surprised me from this series. Number one was Nuketak played, I think, really well this series. Game five was a bit difficult for him with the mid jungle matchup, but like his games were fantastic. Like he picked, Lissandra pick was great. His rise, even in their loss, was good. The Corky carried them in game three. The Kaiser was really strong uh, at, at a point in game four, but he could never really find it because the rest of the map was falling apart. Um, but yeah, I think Nuketak actually impressed me this series. Um, the the other surprise I had was like the, the the top gap after game one was ridiculous. Like Finns game one was good because Marcoon covered him on a early attack wave and they won yeah. the to be too early. But after that, it just felt like top lane was a montage for Alfari. There was a lot of blunders by Finn as well. Like game two when he's playing Trindemir, he doesn't use his uh, ult in, in a tier two dive, dies, and then gives up a kill which was really frustrating for Marcoon. I can imagine. The NAR GP matchup, the Jax from Alfari was at a point of outscaling, but luckily, yeah, the Corky was so fed. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think this was a a series that actually showcases the power Alfari can have over some of the EU top laners. Uh, Whether it will continue, I'm not sure. But uh, it was definitely a good series by the top jungle of Vitality, I I think. Yeah,
0: and I mean, the amount of pressure that he absorbed across so many games. And obviously, the game where he plays Gnar into GP, he just blasts GP, right? Like, he just gets a solo kill. He's just absolutely bodying Finn. That game is just, like, turbo dunzo. But even the game where he was falling behind as Gnar when he was actually dying a bunch early game, he absorbed so much pressure. Yes, Finn did not push ult. And, like, I don't know if, like, Alfari has this R where people turn their brains off, but, like, Excel... I have never seen a team grief more ganking a single player. And obviously, I want to give alfari the credit for outplaying these ganks but like there's the trend mirror alt there's the top lane play where they like try to burn everything getting into him and then like meanwhile like zary's murdering their ad carry like mickey's getting run down and it's just yeah. like every time they try to gank alfari and this is not like this is the this correlation causation thing it's not like alfari's out here just like m- mind controlling them into doing like dumb stuff but like it always fell apart Like, even if they did kill Alfari, there's the game where LeBron was playing Tom Kench and they like go bottom and they're desperate, like, to kill him. And yeah, they kill LeBron, but they don't kill Alfari. Marcoon tries to dive Alfari and dies. It's like Marcoon was spent his entire series just trying to kill Alfari. And just every time he did, it went so incredibly wrong. And I think to me, that's why like if I have to give an MVP for this series in this team and for context I think we're just going to do one MVP for week in playoffs but if I had to give an MVP for Vitality I think it is Alfari cuz the amount mm. even if some of this is Excel just sprinting it into him I don't care like the way past that uh, Aurelia game Alfari was an absolute monster always doing well yes the Jacks game we didn't get to see it as much but every other game it was like he he absorbed everything dude every f- gank like every I was I was stunned like the amount of, oh, yeah. it, was, it was actually just so fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think Alfari Southman are definitely in the pool. I would lean a bit towards Alfari as well. I mean, game one, I think, was just poor by both of them because the thing is, you're playing GP Leeson into Irelia and you both die. Mm-hmm. I think it was both them die or like they lost double buffs or whatever happened, like level four. So top junglers immediately lost. But um, the series overall actually delivered a lot. Um, a lot of people thought Excel was going to win. And even though they were 2 1 up, uh, Vitality still managed to come back with like dominant games, it felt like. Um but yeah Vitality just outclassed him, I think, a bit in the long term, in, in the in the long run of the best of five. Uh I think we had this discussion on Euphoria last weekend or last week, sorry, where Naimira said if it was straight after the last game on Sunday, we had playoffs on a Wednesday, three days later, then XL would probably win. I I would agree as well. Yeah, I said uh if it mm-hmm. was just a three-day break, I think XL probably would take the series because of the form of recency of form. Uh, But yeah, with a three-week break, I think it's helped Vitality a little bit. I don't think they're a Fnatic Rogue level yet. But um, I think what this team needs is time on stage and time in competitive games. Five games is great. Next, they face G2, which is a bloody tough task, I think. Um, Yeah. But if they do win that series, I expect this team could make a miracle-ish run to maybe a loser's bracket final or a final. Um, But yeah, I think that series is already looking like a banger to me yeah i completely agree i think cars i think just like across
0: the board there's a lot of people with really good moments i thought the team fought better than excel in a lot of circumstances uh, outside of the corky game which obviously just very hard to find no corky does a shitload of damage um i was impressed i will say that i think like you pointed out i think vitality ramped up over the series and i'm want to see what they can do with another week under their belt um because i do feel like they also made a they made a lot of mistakes and it just feels like that volatility that we got used to seeing with vitality in the regular season is still there and they're still just as clutch as ever too um and i'd say like alfari was a shining beacon of consistency and karzi's Ophelius is super cracked I, i i feel like this is a team where every single player is very good which is not true uh and has been performing pretty well which is not true for every team but they've also all had you know one or two it moments and i think that that's mm. when you look at a team like g2 less yeah. misfits when you look at a team like fanatic or rogue if, if that's you know the rematch that they have to go through if they want to make it to finals that's like you can't you really need that consistency you know what i mean or you need to be able to fight your way back which they couldn't always do against excel and i think will only be harder against teams like rogue fanatic g2 oh yeah
1: definitely and the last thing i want to say on this matchup is uh LeBrov- was running it the first game. Like it was really tough to see. Um, I was looking at social media or like live threads and everyone was like, oh my god, Lebrov is so boosted. But he had a couple happy games. In their loss, of course, he was hinting. But uh, I think in their wins he was doing mm. pretty, pretty a lot to facilitate the team. I think this was a good series for him specifically to like find his groove in vitality, find his groove in the best of fives, and find his groove in like where he fits in and how his stage performance uh, is. Because of course all the playoffs will be on stage. Uh, and I think if anyone needs that Experience alongside these veterans is probably Labrov. Um, yeah, because we've always been promised this next best support in EU, like EU carrier, but haven't seen it yet. But this series is a good stepping stone for him as well.
0: I agree, I think he hasn't hit those high highs. But the Tom Cash game was really good. Um, uh, game four was really solid as well, you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I think you're right. I don't want to overstate few- it.
1: I'm I if you look at the solo queue ladder right now rank one is Mm -hmm. labrov by a mile like you talk about like the magic Felixes of the world who's pushing two klp my man labrov is 100 lp above magic felix he's sitting at almost 1900 lp like as a support the next support is like rank i don't know where the hell but this guy is like he obviously he obviously has the mechanics like he is dominating solo queue for two years rank one rank two whatever it is it's just yeah hasn't been on stage yet
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think there's, again, there's glimmers of it and I think really solid moments. I think the good news is, is it's not just like, it's not just as thrash that we talk about anymore. We know we can play anything. We know it's there. Sadly, it's it's still that that double-edged sword. And we see this a lot with high-end, high-end sports. You know, like this is obviously something we talk about with saying and probably we'll continue to talk about with saying if you saw the game that, in that series where he absolutely sprinted it. Um, but until you have that level of pedigree and that level of consistency that we know you're going to show up, it's, it's still hard to bet on LeBron at this point. And I think that's fine. I think he's growing, like you said. I think this is a good opportunity to start it. But shifting our attention, Fnatic versus G2, other series. This was a very um, contested, very fight-heavy series. Sometimes teams just fight. I felt like fighting for no reason. But overall, I think my big takeaway when we look at this series holistically is um, one, Renata is disgusting and should be banned forever. This champion is ludicrous, in my opinion. Uh, and similarly, I think I think Fnatic are just a significantly better team fighting team than G2 right now. And I think that was the big thing that I saw in that series that really carried them home. Like they fight like five players together as one. Whereas like you saw G2 and they were like, I, I don't know how you felt. I felt like they were super all over the place in a lot of those fights.
1: Yeah, it's really felt like it was one dragon fight or a couple of these games felt like one dragon fight. And then the game is over um, and done and dusted. I think that Fnatic was outplaying them a little bit in this series in raw fights, but I think maybe, I don't know if this is just a different take or a base take or whatever, but I think G2 was way more prepared in this best of five in terms of like what they want to play and how they want to play. Like The first game, they're already picking like Lissandra into LeBlanc, picking Yone top. The second game, they have their Karma Hecarim comp, which it looks like they've been practicing with. Um, And I feel like they had a lot of strategies prepared, but Fnatic was just slapping their strategies back in their face. Um... And they just stuck to what was working, you know. If LeBlanc's open, we pick LeBlanc. If Viego's open, we're picking Viego, you know. Uh, If we can get Zeri, we're probably going to go Zeri, Renato or just go for a 200-year spot lane. And, um, I mean, Fnatic really didn't have to show much, it felt like. They weren't really pushed to a limit of, like, picking odd champions or different meta champions or showing things like this Karma Hecarim strat or whatever it may be. They just kind of picked standard stuff and they just won games, you know. We just pick an Ornn. We pick a LeBlanc every time it's open. We pick uh, Camille or Jace, Top or Nar. And I mean, it was working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. This team just looks insane across the board. Like there was no huge weakness. You can like, if you just ignore game two, which I think Hilly was mercilessly inting ever since I saw the level three bot dive where like enemy jungle's there and he just hooks in with no regrets did. and he doesn't give an, a single, you know, and he's like, guys, I'm going in here um yeah that was merciless that game from Hilly, but uh yeah yeah that was that was the game i was talking about earlier like
0: every like hill is saying is and i think we've talked about this still one of if not you know the best player in the west he's incredible he's out of this world when he's playing well that doesn't mean he doesn't still have a Hillosang game every now and then. And there was your Hillosang game. Hopefully the only one for playoffs if you're a fanatic fan, but wouldn't be surprised. But it's, that one it's, was, it's one of
1: those it's one of those moments where it's like, so Hilly's been playing pretty well recently and he's like consistent. Oh, there we go. <laughs> There's the Hilly we know, you know, he like he always brings it back. It's it's like it's for branding. It's like he's, it, and I know he's not attached to this brand,
0: but like I just imagine someone at Fnatic being like, Hilly, look, people really love the coin flip brand. So we're just going to need you to sprint at this one game. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like, one, I understand just there's one a jungle decision the there. And this is objectively inting, but if you could just one time for the brand, just, uh, just do <laughs> something catastrophically stupid that would just really keep Uh, no it's in his contract it's
1: like it's like you have to have one int game per split so we can make memes of it and keep up the branding and it's like okay well you haven't Mm -hmm. had it yet well we may as well have it in first round of playoffs you know like you've been stretching it out all this time you haven't pulled it off it's like okay i'll do it now you know just gives him a solid okay and then walks on stage locks it in that one's for the brand there you go it's all it's all branding that's
0: gonna be the new meme if we cast a helisane game um i agree it's, though on the on the preparation side it's a branding diff <laughs> branding oh that one's for the branding one one time Hilly.
1: Really. oh my god
0: um i agree especially on the the karma hecarim i love the karma hecarim combo i like it as an answer into a little blanc um and specifically just like feels like it really enables flackett to succeed as well that felt like just just good drafting just like honestly good drafting good planning But where I like go against you a little bit is it's just like they had infinite answers seemingly to the LeBlanc and just like, and you kind of highlighted this already, but like most of them didn't work, dude. Like the Ari didn't really do much. The the Lissandra was okay early. Humanoid obviously had a big uh, leading lane advantage and I think that was a problem for G2 in the sense that like. Caps eventually overcomes, right? And I think you talked about this in cast, but with Aftershock, with Q early on, like he's not out pushing the LeBlanc and Humanoid and Razork and, and Hillisang as well were able to just do a lot in the space before the counter pick, let's say, really came online. Um, and that just, that made things super, super difficult. And I'm wondering, because you said it, if, if we have seen what Fnatic has prepared or if, like you said, they're just, they're not pushed to show anything... And there's like another mm. secret layer that we're not going to see until they play against Rogue. Because I do think that it, it, while this was a close series in many moments, it
1: Fnatic did beat the hell out of G2 overall. Yeah. Uh, it, I feel like Fnatic didn't show much because of how they had to play the game. Like, uh, so for example, like if you just look at their solo lane drafts, because I think solo lane drafts dictate how you play the game, because jungle support AD mm-hmm. will always kind of do a similar job unless you're playing some psycho jungle like Kazix or Nocturne. Um, you look at Wunder's Champs, he's playing, barring the or game, he's playing things like Nar or Jace or Camille. These are Champs who will go side lane. And Humilo is playing four games in LeBlanc, right? So most of their comps were like a 1-3-1 one, one where LeBlanc will go side lane. Um And that's how they controlled the game. But because you're playing LeBlanc every game, that's how you play the game every game. And they just didn't change it. They just push outsides, collapse on teamfights, TP in time and be there. They didn't play things like Azir or Zoe or Orianna, where it's like... You have one person pushing side you have to go four man mid and then go through mid like they didn't really show us much of like a play style difference they just stuck to what was working so i'm sure they mm. can play these styles we saw it in the regular season but um the fact that they just kept giving them LeBlanc, they obviously think this is their best strat and they're just going to stick to it whether it was like a leblanc denial from caps or it's just humanoid thinks it's op um it worked and g2 g2 had answers like lissandra is a good answer into leblanc uh, karma hecarim is a good answer like some of the answers were not bad um, for me I think the, the couple things I noticed in this series was one Flakid was playing four games with Aphelios and he even in the games that they were winning I feel like he was making a lot of mispositioning mistakes um, the Karma Hecarim one is like notably one where he would get caught a couple times before fights or like he would have to burn everything and luckily they would go one for one or luckily they'd overuse everything to dive on him uh, but Flakid was a bit shaky for me in this series and uh, the second thing I noticed was Jankos was a bit invisible a lot of the time and I mm. think that I would love to pick his brain on it because as a jungler myself, if I'm playing Lee Sin and I'm, I have a top matchup where Yone is getting pushed in, I have a mid-matchup where Lissandra's under tower, my Nautilus, Aphelios are struggling in lane versus Zeri, Renata. I have three lanes being pushed in. All I can do is playmake. That's fine if I make plays, but if I don't, the game's over. Or alternatively, I could have push with very little playmaking and then play the game that way. And when all of his lanes were pushed in, he couldn't really find much on the Lee Sin games. Um... And when his lanes were pushing, then he looked a little bit more comfortable on like Hecarim and stuff, where he could roam around the map a bit. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot to take away from this game from G2 and from Yankos, from like how he wants his team to play the lane phase so he can do things. Because he looked so like yeah. he, he really couldn't play the game in the first in the first Lisa game in the second one. Well, and especially in that first Lisa game, and I wonder if
0: that's why we saw G2 and, and Broken Blade stay away from some of his weirder picks. I, I don't want to out devalue broken blades like fringy counterpicks i think that they're cool and i like watching them but like they in the context of yone and i think a lot of the picks that like i i want when i when i see that counterpick i want him to be winning lane you know what i mean like if your counterpick loses early i'm so underwhelmed you know what i mean Unless it like really hard smashes late like i think Jax is a good example you know of a champion who can lose lane early to camille or who can like go even early against camille and then like outscale it's just really underwhelming because you're right, he loses that pressure and there's literally nowhere for Yankos to play. And that's kind of why I think it he just started going gnar, right? He's like got a positive matchup, can push, can trade fine early on. And uh, I think that just does so much more to enable the team. I don't know how deep the champion pool goes. We've talked to him. Like it goes, we know it goes pretty deep. I don't know what else is in the tank. But that's one of the things that I would like to see more of is like we know G2 want to play generally away from bot side. So, topside really needs to have lanes that are winning or can be set up for success to me. Because otherwise, it just feels so mm. impossible for Jankos for to do anything early game.
1: Yeah, and I think giving Caps a bit more. I want I to say playmaking, but it's giving him a bit more push in the lane. Like, the problem is he's against LeBlanc four games in a row. Like, how is he supposed to outtrade him? And you can't really. The thing is, if you think of old school G2, uh, Caps and Jankos specifically, the way they would play the game is Mickey would come from bot side, Yankos would come from top side, they gank mid, get his flash force him on tower, get a kill, get a plate, and then Caps is unlocked on the map. How do you really do that against LeBlanc? It's like the most mobile mid in the game. You know, Jankos constantly really default to things like Xin or Jarvan or things that maybe he would have been playing throughout the regular season because his champ just doesn't work against LeBlanc. The only champ that does kind of work is Lee Sin, but his Lee Sin this split is like one, two out of three games, uh, two out of five games. It's not really looking great, his Lee Sin on stage um so banning LeBlanc well, would open up Jankos so much more to things like uh Jarvan and Zintou I think Poppy could have also been a really good pick for them but uh yeah there wasn't really champs for Jankos to really impact mid or help caps it felt like yeah Lisa knows also just
0: abysmal stats so far this playoffs he's like one and four um and I, I've been underwhelmed. Like, I'll be honest. If 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 I get to pick every time and I'm playing in these games as not a jungler, what my jungler plays, I'm picking Volibear and Jarvan every time. Like, maybe the occasional Trundle, maybe the occasional Olaf if self-made is my jungler. But, like, these champions feel so consistently impactful in a way that, mm-hmm. like, I think, I think jungle is at its best right now outside of, like, the turbo-fed Viego games when you're just spam ganking early or team fight playmaking. And I think it's doubled by the fact that, like, the build path right now that we saw Mount Rang use in, in the next series we're gonna talk about, where you just like get his is just so mm-hmm. frigging good, dude. It look, it's so that that item is so I've talked about this before. I think Zhonya's is one of the most broken items in the game. Like, conceptually, like, if you're a bad team fighting team and an enemy tank uses Zhonya's, your comms go to shit instantly. Like, I've heard the yeah, like, yeah. they're instantly, like, they burn a bunch of cooldowns on a Volibear because they think they can one-shot them, and suddenly they don't have any cooldowns, something there's just need to carry on top of them. Like, Zhonya's is disgustingly powerful. And yeah. so, just in general, like, I know that Lee Sin is viable. I know you as a jungler are going to have a lot more nuanced opinion on this. I know it's not that black and white. But mm. to me, from an outside perspective it looks that black and white. Both those champions look so good. Viego looks all right sometimes when he's getting ahead, but those champions just feel in
1: a vacuum at least like the strongest junglers right now. Yeah, when you Sir said that, I was like, well, the one person who would agree with you there is Malrang. Uh, my man is like, <laughs> I will say he's getting a bit, he's hinting a bit sometimes with these Jarvan picks. Like if you have like, if you have like, r4 r5 for jungle and they have lee sin camille leblanc Rakan. and you pick jarvan then you're obviously like i don't know this is self-inflicting int like you're definitely does the in an emergency meeting this guy's being sus as hell like this jarvan pick was disgustingly bad but still the other games it was fine i mean they won in 20 minutes they lose in 20 minutes works either way but then yeah. you're right like Im- imagine the enemy jungler jarvan has zhonyas a second stopwatch and a guardian angel and you're like guys doesn't matter how many health points he has, he's gonna be in my face for at least 10 seconds, no matter what. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can early dive, early mid ganks. Uh, the volley does the same kind of thing. Um, and yeah, you know what was banned a lot of the time in their series when they were playing things like Jarvan LeBlanc? So, there's not that much of an issue Ooh. when he tries to gank mid or help Larson, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I really think this, uh, this way of playing was pretty good. Uh, maybe Misfits could have, yeah. Maybe Misfits could have early rotated LeBlanc a little bit themselves because it was always mm-hmm. banned on like 4-5, if I remember correctly. Maybe with once it was on the early rotation, but it was always LeBlanc banned on 4-5. Maybe if they prioritized VTO a bit more there, um, that would have helped them. Uh, at least help him unlock yeah. them up a bit more and have pressure onto Malrang. But yeah, Malrang seems to be convinced that the, there's only two junglers and it's volleyball Jarvan and there's only one rune <laughs> and it's first strike. <laughs> I don't really know about first strike. I'm sure there's some math there. I don't really care you know like ultimately like his I'm solo like, queue account he, he's playing first strike on every champion under the sun no I just, matter like, what
0: maybe it's good maybe it's not but when you're playing Volibear and like Jarvan I don't really care what rune you take like you do the same shit like <laughs> I don't care yeah, like yeah, like yeah. Marcoon took phase rush he took press the attack like it doesn't matter to me I, I like could care less I guess the, the logic is to you get your one combo off
1: yeah, the funniest thing was he would like dive bots, run up to the enemy and carry, hit him with auto attack, get his first strike and EQ away and then just run. And then like, that's it. He would, just, he would just walk in, hit them and EQ out and just run away and get his gold. And then he would base like, this guy was playing like a, such a psychopath. It was so fun to watch. Yeah, honestly, I loved it. I think, I think,
0: okay, there's two things that, uh, this series uh, is hard to talk about. I'm going to be honest because there's two things that I think and neither of them are very positive. And one is that, I don't feel like Rogue have really been tested yet. And I feel bad saying that because I feel like we're literally always saying that about Rogue. But I feel like Misfits did not do great this series, right? And I just feel like mis- like watching the series, it feels to me like Misfits is doomed, dude. I-, I feel like VTO did so much work to bring them to playoffs. I feel like Neon stepped up a lot, but like... Mersa struggled this series. Playoffs here mm. that we saw last season against Rogue in the first round, this exact same best of five, did not exist. Oduwamane blasted here. Just absolutely blasted yeah, here. it and, was a murder in so, the Dublin. Yeah, I don't know what your read is on this series, but I, I'm sad about the series because it, I'm pretty convinced Misfits are dead in the water. And I'm pretty convinced that I cannot use most of this series to get a good read on Rogue. Like, definitely not any more than I did in the regular season. And that's that's annoying to me. I don't know. How, how do you feel about it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it just felt like they were outlaning them and they were drafting for a two. Like, you look at game one. You had the Rumble Ignite into Nar, He got solo killed. you were playing Lucian mid into into Zoe. Unlanable. There's a Caitlyn Lux pushing in my bot lane of Zeri Leona. They can't fight 3v3 ever. So that game already from, like, From a draft standpoint, you have three lanes pushing in and they have a Jarvan who's basically giving up every camp. Sure. Uh, You move on to the next game again, you have like Jason to Camille, like he's getting pushed in. And although it worked in like, I think it was game three or something when Heroid got the solo kill. Mm -hmm. And VTO finally did pick a LeBlanc where it was actually good into their Jarvan. Um, Rogue just had too many answers to Misfits' plays. Like if you watch a couple of these games, even game one, for example, Misfits are the ones making plays in the first like 10 minutes of the game, or was it game two? I don't know. Misfits was always forcing plays, Shlatan was the one looking for plays, and Malrang was in every single bush, in every single lane that Shlatan tried to gank, or he was behind the lane no matter what. He had his his map hack on, he had... uh, second screen of Shlatan's live stream of his jungle pathing with zero second <laughs> delay and he would just right click in every direction that this man was going towards. He he does a full clear to top and backtracks back to bot. Uh, it's like a mirror on the side from Malrang. He's like, he sees everything. Uh, I feel like at this point, if you want to try to gank Rogue or as much as I say gank, like ganking a competitive's hard because you need like the right wave states, good communication, the enemy team needs to screw up somehow. Long, if you want to gank or play, make, play a stack wave, I feel like you have to do the opposite of what is the correct play you know it sounds stupid but if you have a stacking wave bot and it looks like a dive just go 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 top and and gank him instead or like do, do something weird because Malrang is just going to look for the obvious play and he's always just going to answer it no matter what and he'll give up creeps doing or give up camps just to make sure he's there to wave at you and push you away mm. um so yeah i think Maorang, was he exposed this series no he has a way deeper jump pool than just jarvin volibear he has a very clear way of how he wants to play the game if you give him the options of just like early game jungle match every play get his winning lanes ahead let his pushing lanes get leads without getting ganked and then let them carry him and he'll just do his stopwatch his shenanigans but he has way more playstyles so yeah i feel like rogue wasn't really pushed much either uh so that's why i think rogue yeah. Fnatic will be exciting because both teams just one team picks winning lanes and jarvin other team picks leblanc as yeah much, it's, 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 it's very it's, sounds very simplified and dumbed down as i say that but that's kind of what <laughs> happened right but I, like yeah, like, like, look, I think the simple
0: sometimes is, is the best. At least start at the simple. Give people the big picture. Um, I would love to know your thought. I, watching this game, these games, it felt to me like... um, I would say, like, Rogue were definitely the favorites, but I feel like both Shlatan and Mirsa... And I can't tell how, how much these things are connected together because, obviously, jungle and sport are very reliant on each other early and they do a lot of... Like, when they do things well, they usually do them together. But it just felt like Mirsa was... Murs had a lot of just objectively like bad moments, like a lot of bad W's forward. He had that one recon game, just like Shlatan had that one Lee Sin game where they're both able to like get it together and like do a lot of work. But for the most part, it just felt like both these guys really struggled to show up in the series. And, I, and I'm wondering how much of that is they were like outclassed or how much of or I'm wondering if and this is such an intangible thing, I know. But like, is there like a nerves factor going on here? Because to me, this was even even though it was the VTO show in the regular season, it felt uncharacteristically rough or bad. It was bad. It felt uncharacteristically bad for both Schlotan and
1: Mersa in this series. Like it was,
0: it was hard to watch yeah. sometimes.
1: I think the problem is for Misfit is like if you take it in that point of view where we can only see from the outside, you're drafting like here it losing lanes every game. Because I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean Jace into into Kamel he's under his tower the whole game. The only winning matchup I think he had was game four. Uh, VTO doesn't have anything he can make plays on alone he's playing like Syndra mid you have gank setup. you can help him but you can't really get there he's playing Akali he's getting pushed in so if both your solo lanes are getting pushed in and these are like your star players or playmakers it is literally on your jungle support to do everything and um, only one game yeah. they managed to find anything even in that Leeson Lee Nautilus game was it or something or Leeson Rakan um, I mean, Lee even Makan, when they yeah. were ahead they went too deep into Rogue's jungle almost like through the game even though Misfit still won the game quite handily there were still signs of like Errors and mistakes when their team was pushing sides. So, yeah, Misfits' mid, uh, support jungle was never really in it. And I think the biggest problem they had was they always fell behind in the first 15, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and when you fall behind as jungle support it's even harder to find openings and windows because they're always ahead in tempo. They always have vision in your jungle. You always have to be really creative. um So, yeah, props to Rogue. Uh, they just dominated early games. Even if they didn't have to do anything, they dominated early games. I feel like Fnatic Rogue mm. is going to be like, I, I, I'm sure LeBlanc is banned by Rogue. And I'm sure Fnatic is focusing on jungle matchup. And that's when I think that we'll see the next level of the teams, right? Where it's like what yeah. they want to play instead.
0: Yeah. Uh, as a final note there, I'll just say that like if VTO is on Cinder, I think Misfits have lost the game. If we want the VTO show back, I don't know how you achieve it in draft. It's hard, but uh, I well, think it's something that they mid. can work on. Gank gank mid. Strong jungle mid duo. Go mid every game. Yes, it's predictable. Level but two. Level three. I think it's it's your only hope. Um yeah. That said, we'll see who they're going to be facing later in the week for now to get more thoughts on this series and on the series he'll be playing this weekend. We will be joined by none other than Rogue's Trimby, legendary Lux player, legendary range support enthusiast. Let's see what he has to say. There he is, man of the moment. Uh, welcome, Trimby, to the podcast. I have a, two questions before we get into like you know the work portion of the show. Um, one, how are you feeling? And two... Do you want a nickname?
2: Okay. Oh, wait, what? I don't understand the second question, actually. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, actually, I actually don't I know realize yeah. we had...
0: Yeah, so here's the problem, right? Is we've given Larson like 30 oh, yeah, nicknames. True. Oda Wamne. Oda has at least four, uh, other than just <laughs> calling him a boomer. Okay. Mao doesn't have a nickname yet. Uh, we should probably think of one. And I comp we've also left behind. But like you're here on the show. Yeah. And at this point, we just like have been throwing out rogue player nicknames like it's nothing. Okay. So I'm just curious. Do you want a nickname? Do you have uh, a nickname in mind?
2: Like. Uh, That's, uh, I mean, that was kind of the issue that I had as well when I was back in, uh, like, the primary school and the secondary school. Like, my, my friends really wanted to, like, help me get a nickname, and they just couldn't. Like, everyone else had a nickname. I just, I was just out there. That's how, that's actually kind of how I got my nick, my current, like, nickname, the Trimby one because like they were trying to like make something out of my last name and everything and everything felt so bad you know but I just remembered Trimby so I was like yeah I'm gonna use that one right and that's why always people just called me Adi honestly just because it's like a short version in Polish language how you call like Adrian and that was the easiest but- way to call me
1: does anyone in Rogue give you a nickname in like screams or something because I know Otto just like looks to his right and screams hey Ginger
2: yeah that's <laughs> i mean that's kind of how it looks like like if i'm tilted as well, i'm just gonna say ginger what are you doing and stuff like this right like uh, uh but uh, i don't think i have a necessarily any nickname i think people if they like i think Odo and Larson are just like feel comfortable to just talk to me as adi and they just call me adi and that's actually mm. kind of how the everyone call uh, like people that know me a bit better call me but i don't really i don't know like it's very different like sometimes like due to my nicknames that I had before like I had back I think in two years ago I was playing on the uh, on the account that I had a nickname Adi the good guy and people started calling me at some point like people call me uh, uh people call me Trimble like I think I think upset come calls me Trimble Trimbolini or Trimble I don't I don't even know you know <laughs> like it's it's like it's so random you know like I think Haley and upset have like a Ne- I, they're calling me somehow, but I never remember. I remember because I, I know it's from SolveMate because one time he called me like that in and, and so, you know, I was shocked. I was like, what the f- is happening? You know, like, I, I didn't know what's <laughs> I, I don't know what was that, you know, like completely out of nowhere randomly. So I think, I think you'll need to ask <laughs> other teams as well, or at least the ones that actually thought about how to, how to make a nickname out of my, uh, out of me.
0: Dude, that was an awesome answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was no not ready for it. like the sheer amount of context that you were ready to give. Like this, oh, I didn't realize there was such a loaded history. It's been going on nah, since, since the elementary school days.
2: Yeah it, was, yeah, it was pretty much like it. I mean, I, li- I like to go back to this because I never really think about it much. So yeah, it was really nice that you asked of it, it- so I can actually share
1: it's funny talking about uh, primary school, elementary school, because I, I went to school in Spain and they have a very specific word for people who grew up in Spain who are English and it's called giri. It basically means foreigner. So every single time they, oh, I would walk past yeah. the hallways, they'd be like, Hey, giri. That was my, that was my <laughs> nickname. In uh, anyone who's Spanish will get the reference for sure.
2: Well, I mean, I was nice, uh, to be honest, like out of context, I also was, uh, I, I mean, I was living in Spain when I, till I was four years old and I was born there. So. Uh, I lived in a, like a, I mean, I was going to the school in Spain, but I don't really remember much. I was just learning a bit Spanish, but I had Polish, uh, I had Polish classes uh, in, during the weekend. So yeah, uh, I remember having friends in Spanish school, but nothing more than that. So people oh, didn't really sick. start where in to Spain call me want... like this. Uh, I was born in Madrid. That's where like my both parents were working as well. Oh, Nice. Do you, do you
0: speak, uh, I obviously speak Polish and English, but do you speak any Spanish now? or? Any other uh, languages? I mean,
2: the thing is, I used to know how to speak Spanish, but the thing is that uh, also at the same time I was learning Polish. And even though I knew how to communicate in Spanish and I was like actually pretty fluent in it when I was like four and uh, five years old, I just forgot at some point since I was not really like... Uh, like um i mean my parents didn't really have time to help me out to like uh to like get better and better at so i just kind of i still when i was 14 i still knew quite a lot of spanish but then i just forgot because i didn't make use of it Dude, we should
1: have a a, a spanish euphoria podcast (laughs) instead of euphoria it's esphoria for espanolphoria and we'll just get people (laughs) who speak spanish and dracos can just like moderate it in spanish that would be so funny (laughs)
0: so here's the here's through weird weird coincidence trimby i also uh so i was born in america but my mom was a college student and so when i was four i was in oaxaca and i also have been told that okay. i spoke fluent spanish so both of us at age four knew I another see. language my dude so i when you talk okay, about like losing it and it. you can't keep it it's like i feel you i'm still waiting i don't know if you feel <laughs> the same way that i'm gonna like hit my head one day and just only spanish <laughs> Spanish is just gonna come flooding back I'm just gonna like have it's a concussion no and much, I will man. lose English. Can you imagine? Um, yeah, it's
2: really crazy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we're casting in Spanish, dude. <laughs> that would be the. Dr- Bro, that'd actually be fun. <laughs> It'd be tough though, because you're like, oh, like play by play in a world where eBuy exists. That's yeah, tough, a true. That's uh, hard. I mean? That's rough. Like, that's that's, 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 that's rough. Over. That's a that's a that's a tough task to challenge. Anyway, um, not topic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh. Legal Legends, Trimby. um, You had an interview that came out recently with Megalodontis talking a little bit about the series. But I I would love to, and I'm going to ask you some of the same questions that came up there for people who haven't uh, read it. They should definitely check it out. Um, But like, what was? How did you feel? uh, Firstly, about Misfits as an opponent in this series? Did you? Do you? Did they come in at the level that you expect them to play at? Did they perform under your expectations? What did you think about their performance?
2: Uh, And the series overall felt like pretty. Uh, pretty whatever I would say in a sense that like I think Misfits is a good team and I think they played quite well like at some points but it was nothing out of ordinary and we kind of knew what's gonna happen anyway and I felt like they knew as well like how we play but it just felt like we played better as a as a team as a team as a whole and overall individuals stepped up quite 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 heavily in the series for us so. Yeah, I felt like it was just uh, it was just the fact that we outperformed them like pretty much on every row. I would say even it's like it's not even that they played bad or something. I think people just stepped up for the series, and that's kind of what happened. And the, ga- <laughs> the games went like this. Obviously, it was three one. I believe. Yeah, the third game was pretty unlucky. I would say, and overall the games were like they were a bit shaky. Like some games were cleaner, some games were not uh, not that clean. or quite quite messy. But I still believe we had the edge around all like all the time besides the third game when we like actually made a lot of mistakes. I think we had an edge in all of the games, and I didn't really feel like they had a way of winning like other games.
0: Do you feel like you guys were really like tested and pushed here when it comes to draft and preparation? because from an outside perspective, you're talking about this like, hey, they played pretty well. we were just better like this looked ludicrously one-sided. This series as a whole, like you're, you're giving them credit. And I think we tried to give them credit too. In game three, they found some opportunities, but like this looked like an absolute stomp and it did, it just didn't like, it didn't look hard for you guys. So I'm, I'm just, I'm curious, like how, how much did you guys feel pushed? How much of your preparation do you feel like you really had to show? And do you feel like fans got to see the, the highest level of rogue performance in this series? Or do you feel like there's, there's more to be shown in the series that's coming up against Fnatic?
2: Uh, In terms of preparation, I don't think we had, like, the cleanest read on the meta, I think, before the series. I think we had a lot of good things that we knew about the meta and how to, like, draft them specifically. But I think, like, I think even comp said in an interview about the Zeri situation, like, uh, like, I don't know. This champ feels a bit awkward currently and in the series and overall, like, during that week, it felt like Zeri became much stronger than we thought at least throughout the week. And it was like two, three days before before the actual series against Messius when we were like, yeah, maybe you should actually pick up this champion. You know, we didn't really like care about this champ till like till like middle of the week before the before the game. So that was I feel like even though we had these three weeks, I don't think I don't think it was that easy to prepare for overall, like as a draft concept, just because of the fact how 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 many changes there were for different IDs and how it felt like it would, it should actually matter for some, but at the end of the day, it, fe- it felt like it didn't. That's how I would call it. And yeah, uh, for now, it's still we're still figuring out. Like, I feel like this week is gonna be pretty messy in scrims because there are like people actually will try to like find out counters for like anything that came up uh, came up huge for this week and. I hope it's going to be quite interesting. How
1: do you how do you feel about the the three-week break? Because I think a lot of teams feel differently about this three-week break into playoffs. Some teams maybe got better. Some teams maybe found like they got a bit worse or they weren't really finding their pace or they were in the wrong scrim bubbles. Um, how does Rogue feel overall? Like, are you kind of in the middle of those two? Do you feel like the team just improved over three weeks? Is that what you needed?
2: Uh, I believe we do not need, like, exactly three weeks. I think two weeks would be probably enough anyway, I think. Because also there was, like, a big break, like, uh, right after right after regular split. Most teams got, like, one week of a break. So that's quite a huge one, if you think about it, when you're, like, probably don't play as much Lika as you would normally. And also there was, like, this patch that uh, 12, uh, 12.5, Oh wait, how, yeah, I think it's 1.5b. Yeah, this one, it was like, I think it was not known before the break itself that we'll play on it. I be, At least I believe so. I think there was like, in between the break, it was said that we're going to play actually on this patch instead of the previous one. So it was also a bit like, uh, you had to figure it out as well in solo queue instead of just inst- instantly practicing with your team with uh, like around the changes and everything. And for us specifically, like from my perspective, I think the three week break didn't really help us. It was more of an annoying thing than like actually helpful thing. But it was more because of the problems that we bumped into. And I feel like we just. It, it was, I think overall it was good that we bumped into them so we could actually like make use of the time to work on it, but it was for sure quite a stressful three weeks, at least from my perspective. I think there was a lot of, a lot to improve on. There was a lot of stuff to like figure out and I felt like we didn't really manage to like solve a lot of it. So it, it was, it was pretty stressful for like the last couple of days before the match against uh, Misfits that I was not entirely sure how good we are, but mm-hmm. I think, I feel like every team has this like kind of feeling when, uh, when it comes to playoffs. Like, I feel like every team would like doubt a bit and see, and they would not be entirely sure how they're good in the meta, like how, how good of the, of the read they have. And overall, if they're actually, if they will manage to showcase a good, Best of five, uh, good best of five and overall, yeah, in the different format, how it is in playoffs. I just want to do
1: one quick follow-up. I know we don't have that much time, but um, I saw to this morning that the LCS is going to be playing their playoffs in five days on a patch that's released in two days. So that gives them three days to play a new patch. Do you think that this, I mean, Riot's done this very often around playoffs, around patches, around international events. Do you think this rewards teams for creativity and working on the fly? Or does it hurt teams kind of like... Dissuaying where their performance is on the different patches because they just haven't read it properly. So better teams tend to lose.
2: I think the, I think for them, the playoffs will be more about which team is better at adaptation and how they're going to manage to figure out the read. Either they'll figure out the uh, the meta like uh, during these five days, but I really doubt you're able to do it. So mm. I think it will be a lot about how good they are or like how good their, fun, uh, uh, like their fundamentals uh, are and just about uh, how they will be able to adapt during like series and overall playoffs in order to get the, like the best read possible for like later games if they obviously manage to win those first right.
0: Mm. That's such an interesting situation and definitely I can imagine a super difficult situation. Uh, but bringing it back uh, right now, I'm excited about your next match because I, I to be completely <laughs> honest, right now, depending on what Vitality, G2, Misfits obviously can show in the lower bracket, but right now, to the surprise of no one, you and Fnatic look like the the two tr- strongest teams at the moment. And I'm curious, what's what's your read on on this series? And also, how does it how does it feel to be going up against Hillisang? Like we, this is a guy that we have kind of put this like aura of untouchability around we did also rag on him for inting for like two minutes straight before you came on the show but um he's obviously like to us at least from an outside perspective appears to be the big bad of of western supports or european supports depending on how much of a fan you are of core jj um but like how, how does it feel how do you feel about this series and how do you feel about playing against uh, a player like Hill was saying in a best of five
2: uh in terms of series, i feel like a lot of people obviously underestimate us just because of how like uh, people think about Natic right now. I think they just, I mean, they, like, people tend to say that, yeah, they're just the best, right? And no other is, like, close to them, or, like, you know, it doesn't feel like there is anyone that can beat them and everything. Like, I, uh, I saw, like, even Gilius writing about, uh, about the fact that if Vitality doesn't win, then there is no one else to, like, beat Natic and this stuff. And, like, you know, it's understandable to think like this, because obviously, like, Rogue, is like it's fought as a team that is not performing the best in playoffs and everything. But uh, I really want to showcase in that series, or like at least I'll try to. Uh, and if not, then we will try to get it like in next series, possibly. That we're able to probably beat anybody, like if we're actually gonna play well and we're gonna play with each other the way we always do. Uh, don't feel like Natik is this kind of team that you just can't beat because they're like, I don't know, they're like insane. I do not believe that they're insane or anything. I think they're really good the way they showcase and what they play, but it's, there's a lot of things that they're not good at and people, people overestimate a lot of things they do. And that's, that's kind of my vibe. Obviously about Heli, I think he's really insane. And this, this season he showcased that he's able to perform so much better than like in previous years I feel like or like at least it's you can see it more clearly I would say because before it was more about this little tricks and experience that he had about what to do with like I don't know stopping bases uh Playing around specific uh, timers, flanking, like this kind of stuff was never was pretty underestimated with the way Hilly played, and I felt like no one really cared, and people would mostly say that it's in him inting, even though he was doing a lot of stuff that was really smart and no one really no one really pointed it out. But now now I feel like he gets the praise that he was he should have got like before. So uh, it's really nice to see it, I think. And obviously, this series is gonna be about me being in his shadows, most likely. Like, I'm just like I'm. I'm, I'm just gonna probably chill there, and it's it's quite. Uh, on the one hand, on the one in the one hand, it's pretty nice because. I don't really feel any pressure around like playing against him. I feel like he's the one who has to showcase something. I just I can just chill, honestly. But it's not like I will. I really want to. I really want to beat him. I really want to show that I'm able to. I'm able to do quite a lot. And I think I showed in the past that we're able to beat the Fnatic bot lane two v two. Especially now, I feel like before before it was like. We would kill them a lot of times. I feel like there are a lot of incidents that happened during the le- during the laning phase, first levels, that they would like die randomly. But then they, they would get the help out of TP's and like jungler and everything. I feel like right now in the current meta, it's a bit harder to get it, and I feel like their bot lane was really heavily dependent on it. I don't say that now they're like worse or anything, but they played it with it so well that now I feel like. Sometimes they get lost with how to play it in some cases. So I just want to make sure that uh, I'm able to perform pretty well. And I think that this year I'm doing a bit better during the lane phase and everything. So I would not like to jinx it, but yeah, I would like to kill them quite a bit in this series <laughs> to be
1: <too>. Respect.
0: <laughs> Dude, I think you're you're very humble and I think you're selling yourself short. And I think that like putting yourself on the same level with saying is hard. And I don't think that that's what you're trying to do. But I do think you're like you're using very soft language around your own performance you're like ah, oh, i'm doing a little <laughs> bit better in the lane phase this year than i did last year like you're, i remember your first split it wasn't wasn't the best split of all time you had a lot of you had a lot of some yeah. struggles but you guys are crushing it now and so i think like give yourself a bit more of a pat on the back and i understand if you want to wait until the season is over but like bro you're like you're crushing it in a yeah i'm in mean, yeah uh
2: the thing yeah the thing is that uh you know I don't like to like be cocky and everything or like try to talk talk back to people and be, have a banter and everything until I actually not like achieve something but actually win something you know because I, I think I achieved quite a bit if you think about it from like a different perspective but from my perspective currently... I haven't won anything, you know, in like LEC. Like it's it's a fact. It's a matter of fact. Like I just did it. I just didn't get the title. I, I don't know. I didn't like showcase insanely good AdWords and everything. Like it's something that I really wish to happen for me and for my teammates. I think I'm actually feeling feeling more more strong for my teammates like Larson and Odo. I really want them to actually win. So I want to make sure I can help them out and make uh, the just yeah just just help them out and try to make sure that they're actually gonna achieve something with me at least so that's something that like i wish to do and that's why i'm also like i guess i'm this humble i guess i'm not saying that if i want something i'm gonna shit talk at, at everybody it's really not like this like <laughs> I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm pretty humble as a person most of the times and i like to banter but when when i'm not it's pretty. it's pretty hard to banter when you know that you're gonna get probably you're gonna probably get shit talked back really hard about like, you know, <laughs> the fact that you didn't want anything that and it's and it's and it's pretty cruel, right? But that's kinda how it works. So yeah, it yeah. would be nice to win something so I can be a little bit more of myself as
0: well. Well, yeah, and it's not a private shit talk battle between you and Hillisang, right? It's like you talk crap on <laughs> nah. Hillisang and there's like a hundred thousand randoms.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't really feel, I wouldn't really feel like should talk Heli that's for sure. He's too, he's too kind. I mean, the thing the, like when you hear about like how good of a teammate he is, like uh, even if I wanted, uh, I would not be able to like flame him or anything. This is impossible, I feel like okay. he's well he's, you know. upsets less ta- shy about talking trash uh,
0: yeah. often. Oh, yeah. Although he also, you know, he's also, res- uh, I think, a pretty respectful competitor. So maybe you can just like comp talk the trash, and you and Hellasane could be the humble boys. Um, either true, way, so
2: complex. Eighties like <laughs> can do it off the rift. You guys can do it on the rift. Never it. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah.
0: yeah. so 80s, yeah, need to be need to be handheld through the landing phase by their
1: supports, but absolutely unashamed to talk. And then then when they win lane, which is like the opportunity, when they win lane, which is like eighty percent support, they're like, "I knew it, get shit on," you know. It's like like, (laughs) (laughs) Trimby or Hina are the ones to make the two v two kill happen, and then they're the ones to run away with it after the game.
2: (laughs) It's always like this.
1: You need you need a hype man somewhere, and if that's gotta be the eighty
0: key, it's gotta be the eighty carry. Uh Trivi, last thing before we let you go. I know you guys have probably got a pretty busy week of scrims ahead of you. Uh prediction for the bottom half of the bracket. G two versus vitality is happening on Friday. Misfits versus the winner of that is happening on Sunday. What's your what's your prediction? Who will be facing the loser of your series versus Fnatic? G two, vitality, misfits, who do you
2: expect to be there? Hmm. Uh it's the G2 Vitality series. I think it's gonna be really close. I I, I just have a feeling that the series is actually like, I don't know. It's just gonna define the loser bracket. I don't say that Misfits cannot beat any of those any of those two teams, but I feel like those teams will just be prepared for Misfits if they're not gonna change too much and they're just gonna beat them. So I think whoever is gonna win the G2 Vitality match will probably. Will probably play versus uh, versus the loser of our series, I would say. But I've, it's, I would say it's, I'll, I'll actually say it's vitality. I just have a feeling that they're actually gonna, sh- uh, they're just gonna showcase something. I don't know, just something better. I don't think G2 is bad or anything, but it's re- it's not really. It's very inconsistent the way they play, I think, and they're heavily relying on. I think, uh, like, just Jankos and Caps actually, like, making sure that the the lanes are okay on the both sides, I feel like. And I don't think, uh, it's not like G2 lost because they didn't make it work. I think I think Jankos and Caps had overall, like, okay games. It's just, like, I felt like Natik was, like, so good on other lanes as well that it's just hard to impact on the map mm-hmm. if you're not able to play properly, like fully as a team in a good way and that's kind of how I felt about the Natic G2 game uh, uh, series even though I didn't really watch it fully so I can't fully like (laughs) speak of it but yeah uh, I just I you know I just have a feeling it's like this I mean yeah it's just I I, I just feel like it's gonna be like this in Vitality one. Yeah
0: I appreciate the caveat you're like even though I didn't really watch 100% yeah you know, yeah I mean
2: Thanks. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give my opinion, even though like you know i I didn't really fully watch yeah, it but yeah. okay.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. I appreciate your opinion nonetheless. Trimby. thank you so much for joining us, dude. I uh, appreciate you being humble. Cool to hear about your backstory about the nicknames and your time in Spain. Um, nothing but the best of luck to you this weekend, man versus fanatic. That game's on Saturday for anybody curious, rogue versus fanatic., um, I'm hyped. I expect we might see the same match in the finals. Um, obviously, depending on what Vitality and rematch 2 Misfits do. But uh, I'm hyped for it. Good so time. thank you, Trimby, for joining us. Good luck, dude. Good luck to you and the team. Call Odo a boomer for me one time. And uh, we'll work sure on a thing. nickname. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. Thank, thanks for having me here. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, Trimby. Uh,
0: thanks again to Trimby for coming on the show. Uh, always good to, to get in, get his insight. Um, obviously, very good dude. Very nice guy. Um, mm. That said... As nice maybe as it's he is. maybe it's Good Hate Guy Trimby. Is that the nickname? Good Guy Trimby. Good Guy Trimby's good. I kind of like the idea of just butchering his name every time. Like I, I kind of like mm. when he said that, like upset called him like trombolini or whatever. I was like, we could just we could just
1: Trimbolowski, Trump. Yeah, Trombone. when he's playing sack, he's called tri- Trimboline or something like trampoline. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wait, yes. Let's just <laughs> change his Zach- name. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trimpet. trimble uh, Trimpet.
0: Trimpet. I don't know. Trimpet. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're going to... Hmm. If we cast a Trimby game, I don't know what we're casting yet. We'll find out later today. Uh, so we'll yep. know by the time this episode comes out. We will we'll, we can make up Trimby nicknames on the fly. That could be the mini-game. Um, anyway, we have three potentially exciting series. I think all of them are are set up to be good. But I guess... Where do you want to start, Cater? We can talk about Fnatic. I don't know. Rogue first. We can talk about the lower bracket first. What are you What are you feeling?
1: um i'm feeling Actually, a little
0: bit wait wait scratch okay. that we forgot mvp mm-hmm. one real quick mvp because i yeah. think we're on the same page mvp for round one playoffs who's it gonna be KD? uh
1: my my head i'm thinking malrang i'm mm-hmm. thinking alfari I think he, I'm mm-hmm. thinking Malrang because he just he just does different, doesn't he? He's 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 slamming his Jarvan Volley Bear, he's slamming his first strike, he's counter-ganking y- you, your brother, your sister, yep. your great grandmother. Yep. Like he's he's counter-ganking everyone. Uh-huh. So um, as a jungle I'm a bit by. I'm a jungler. I'm, I love me some jungling, and uh, mine's going to Malrang
0: i agree second place is alfari really big shout out to alfari that man absorbed so much pressure outplayed so many excel players but uh he does it different odo wamne also on the list for the record slightly behind uh I feel like humanoid on it too like
1: but it was four games of leblanc but he was popping off
0: humanoid humanoid it was always impactful humanoid very good uh, again i think that yeah, there's a lot of candidates. It turns out the there's a lot of good players in our playoffs. Um, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm inclined to agree this week on MalRank. Very high impact, very unique play style. Absolutely feel like he was, without him, Rogue would be a very, very different team. He is the consistent clutch factor. I think Fnatic is still a very mm-hmm. big team effort. Uh will outside of, again, that game too, where he absolutely ran it. Uh, very good, <laughs> Humanoid very good. Um, Wonder, like, quiet subtle
1: mvp you could say because he's just always just taking whatever blind picking whatever he's the guy who that's what know, i love about wonder he just you just he'll do any job you need you know like he is the flexible yep. handyman you you need yep. it he's got it he's got it in his closet did you ever, did you ever, like champion ocean
0: do you ever see the the show dirty jobs on like discovery no, channel or whatever oh it's just God, this guy sounds... just goes around it does like all the like the essential worker jobs that are like not fun like trash Mm. truck driver operator sewer cleaner you know all the stuff that is just generally most people would consider like gross or or not fun like works in a butcher's house and i feel like that's wonder wonders that guy that is wonder wonder's the guy who's like this week you're working in the sewer wonder and wonder's like all right i'm the sewer boy like i'll be up here playing my blind pick orn against you know camille just being miserable
1: Yeah, yeah you know Sometimes he gets like teased that he's gonna be a hextech innovation Jace player where they're gonna play topside like, and he gets that part, but then other times he goes down to the underground again, he's back on his horn, you know, he blows his horn. Yeah. That that's that's the wonder life. That said, not our MVP. It's
0: gonna be none other than Maorang <laughs> yeah. this week. We'll see who gets it next week. Um I'll do another drawing for Mawrang. I owe a drawing from uh, for El Yoya from the previous week. You might owe a drawing. I might make yeah. you do
1: that because I wasn't even here, bro. The thing you is, might I, owe a, you I might owe a bad painting. I can't draw, man. I'm gonna do him dirty. Bro, like my drawing.
0: I have you seen my drawings? They're trash. You just literally take a picture from the Flickr account of El Yoya, and you can just you just try to your best to to mirror that. You should use that as reference you and know, go. And if it's awful, it's school, better content.
1: When I was in school. I would always the only things i drew were stickman fights did you ever do straw stickman fights like you took one whole yes. page and you started with one stickman shooting like a bullet at someone and yes. you just like someone's parachuting yes. in a plane over the top there's a bomb you know like that the, the huge stickman fights i was so into StarCraft as a kid, and not like
0: good at StarCraft, competitive esports StarCraft. Like I played with cheats and I just built a lot of siege tanks and I had a great time. It was, you know, I was like eight, nine. Uh, we would in school take entire sheets of paper and draw like sideways, like imagine like a 2D platformer, but StarCraft like perspective of like a big StarCraft armies fighting each other. And that was like my entire fourth oh my and fifth God. grade experience. Maybe that third, sounds fourth grade
1: experience. And then growing up Probably. when I got to like the higher, the higher grades, <laughs> My br- my friend brought in his laptop all the time, and he would build like a rocket of like fifty thousand blocks, and it would take him like three weeks. And we would just sit there watching him do it the whole day. Yeah. Dang,
0: I. Good times. Good times. Good times. Hard to go back to those times. The, it's like the there's best no closer friendships. My best than friend- this-
1: <laughs> My best friend was like a programming hacker at the age of 14, don't even ask. And he was like hacking into the, into the, into the computing database and like shutting down computers, setting up internal messaging systems, like sending bat files to every computer so we didn't have to do work. Like this guy was a psycho man, I loved him. Yeah,
0: poor school tech, tech support. Defense. You're like, you have no money uh in america i don't know what it's like anywhere else in america it's like you have no money and you're competing against kids who have infinite time to do youtube tutorials on technology that you don't even know about yet like we had cs on every computer we had starcraft on every computer in high school and they were like games are Mm -hmm. banned they had proxies or like we had proxies to block whatever they were trying to block me so we could go to like quick games or whatever the hell the like yeah i don't know the Mm -hmm. website games websites were back in the day That that was sick addictinggames.com maybe it's the one I was calling thinking of anyway mini games school, yeah mini clip whatever it's called. good times you know it's a vibe that said what might not be a good time uh for G2 is the Vitality series because I'm inclined to agree with Trimby how do you feel about that one Cadrell? do you think I I I just think Vitality are going to win here what's your what's your read
1: uh, um wow it's a really hard matchup to talk about because um I feel like they have similar play styles and like you think of it Alfari versus Broken Blade top lane is going to be a big point of contention for both teams. Perks versus Caps. I think they've shown pretty similar ways that they want to play the game. Um, uh, I think if you look at jungle, it's also like these stronglers are playing against each other for so, so long. Like Yankos self-made are playing against each other so many times. It's fun. It's it's a fun matchup on a narrative-wise because you have like Yankos versus Perks, Caps and Yankos versus Perks, who now has self-made from Fnatic, which is when the team when G2 took them out and all that stuff. Like mid-jungle is fun mm-hmm, for narrative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, bot lane, I think, will be the lowest, like the least impact kind of like area of focus for both these teams. I think it will be a very close series um whoever wins this series obviously is going to have insane bragging rights either perks is knocking out the yankos caps or yankos caps is knocking out perks so it's like it's going to be banter central i'm sure of that in game and out of game even when we were watching the g2 fanatic game i remember i was casting it i looked at the the pre-game loppy chat like wonder is spamming burger emojis like in the chat uh, <laughs> he's like spamming them like you know the windows uh dot button where you're just spamming (laughs) burgers and like bacon and like uh flipping emotes like all in the lobby chat so i'm sure there'll be a lot of banter uh i really don't know i feel like it's gonna be a 3-2 series either way
0: Um, i i'm going i'm going 3-1 vitality and i'm gonna let me tell you why I, I I think that there are very there are very few teams right now that feel like five player teams where like all five players are a big carry threat, and I think Vitality is one of them. And I think LeBrov is on the lower end of that, most certainly. But I think in this matchup mm-hmm. particularly, I up until game four, game five of that Vitality Excel series, I probably would have predicted G two uh, or a close series like you're predicting. But what Carzi did with a lead on Ophelios is obliterate Excel. Like, he solo killed Patrick. Mm-hmm. He did a ton of work. And we didn't get that all series. I'm not going to lie. That was like, ooh, damn. That's like Karzy coming back. You know, that's like big performance Karzy. But then I saw what Flack had did when he had advantages in teamfights. And I was like, generally, kind of underwhelmed. And we talked about this. He wasn't the best positioning in teamfights. He did have great laning phases. I'm not saying Flack had played terribly. I just think on a team mm-hmm. fighting level, like, I would take Karzy every time. Uh- and similarly, LeBrav, Targamas, I think they're comparable. And I think Alfari yeah. Brokenblade is very Alfari favored Because Brokenblade, yes, he has these niche counterpicks, and maybe they're going to get him something. But Alfari, outside of the Jax game, which was fine, and obviously the Aurelia game where they kind of just sprinted it, was a friggin' monster. The dude was unleashed. And you know what? Like, Brokenblade is a better top laner, I expect, than Finn was in that series. But that said, like... I just look at this just individual matchup wise which is obviously a little biased like draft is going to change things in general but like vitality feel to me like a complete picture Whereas G2, it's like, I think kind of like be said, it's Caps, Yankos for your consistent factors. Broken Blade is going to sometimes have his pop-off. Mm-hmm. He's going to sometimes get his niche counter picks. And I feel like Flackett and Targamus, even though they're super solid laners, and I think Targamus is a solid support, like the team fighting thing isn't there yet. And the amount of times the Vitality just won a clutch team fight to take a game back from Excel, it was admittedly like two times. But that's a lot in the context of a series. You know what I mean? And I have mm-hmm. not really seen that as much from G2. And so that's the thing that to me, that whole rambling thing is kind of why i feel like this is a 3-1 or i don't want to say 3-0 that feels disrespectful to g2 but like a 3-1 to vitality
1: i think vitality are the clear favorites for me Uh, i think it's going to come down so much to draft there's two things that i'm looking at number one is will g2 target jungle like will they target self-made will they target like an olaf ban on blue side and first big volley bear something like this if they target jungle i think they are going to free themselves up a lot because um Like, I think both these players on Lee Sin had poor performances. Can they play Lee Sin? Yeah, of course they can play Lee Sin. They're both insanely good at Lee Sin, but just in the context of how the meta is and how the series are playing out, I feel like you see champions evolve throughout a series and throughout a meta and throughout the playoffs. For example, Corky has evolved in the bottom tier of the bracket. LeBlanc's evolved in the top side of the bracket. Volibear Jarvan seems to be, like, where junglers are leaning towards. I think if G2 target jungle, they free themselves up a lot. Um, And I also think Vitality, swaying, to a different play style of like, oh, let's play Yasuo Diana, or let's play Lucian mid or let's play like early game focus, like I'll get a lead in Rome, like Gali or something where I push and move around the map. I feel like if G- Vitality falls into this, I feel like they might lose because G2 are just mm. probably going to be better at that because that's what they've done the whole series, lo- the whole split long is like pick, pick Rise, pick TF, pick something that goes top or Silas or something that can move. Um, so if they stick to like Mage scaling on perks, like I don't know, Orianna and Corky seem to be working out pretty well or even bust out things like Azir zero Victor, I think Vitality will be favored. If that if that ticks out and they don't get targeted on jungle, if they do sway to early game and they do get targeted on jungle, I feel like G2 is going to take the series. So those are two things that I'll look at uh, when I watch best to Five. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't remake, really predict- think
0: uh, it's so hard for me. I Yeah, and this is like, I'm trusting my gut on this one i think it is can be tough mm-hmm. i think the other big factor that i would look at is caps because i think that he spent the entire fanatic series just trying to neutralize um humanoid and i think mm-hmm. that perks is not humanoid i think humanoid is probably is him and larson are probably fighting for who's the best and i think humanoid is the best some of that is because we know how much of an impact he has outside of just individual performance but like caps and perks are like uh trailing a bit there but i think there's a world where it's not just going to be give one guy leblanc and counter pick leblanc the entire series like this is Mm -hmm. going to be a much more dynamic mid lane matchup and i think there's a world where caps can build big advantages in the mid lane especially if yankos has the right jungle pick so that's that's the one caveat that i'll give if if this game is going to be a g2 win i think some of it's going to come from it's going to naturally come from from caps yankos but i think it's going to be a lot more about them setting up caps for success rather than like roaming and supporting broken blade or supporting Flack because i think that that strategy can fall apart pretty easily in team fights
1: uh okay i feel like i'm gonna go for g2 Uh, i think 3-2 to g2 um but i think that the one thing we do mutually agree on is whoever wins this series is probably going to the loser bracket finals and like misfits is probably gonna lose to them whoever wins this series yeah
0: well and this is again this is just like something i've been kicking around but this idea of like complete teams where like five out of five players are like able to perform and i just think misfits are the least complete team right like i trust neon mm. and uh vto to perform i think anyone else on misfits yeah, can I perform agree. absolutely but like those are the two people i trust to perform and if they're if you're at two out of five mm. in a playoff best of five against a g2 or against literally any of these teams um it just feels pretty impossible because maybe in a best of one, you can get away with it. But like your draft win conditions, if if your read is the same as mine, if you're Misfits and you're like, these are the two players we need to set up for success. If whoever they're playing is like, these are the two players that they have to success. If all those reads are the same on both sides, it's just so easy to draft around. Like
1: you're just, you're, you're coming in at such a massive disadvantage. Yeah. And what I will say is like, uh, the reason I, another reason why I went for T 2 is because I feel like Fnatic and Rogue are clearly the best two teams we have in the league right now. Like Fnatic and Rogue are so, so good I feel I feel like even though the series was 3-1 to Fnatic and they were definitely the better team G2 was kind of going toe to toe with them like they were able to match what Fnatic was doing a lot of the time whether they were cross mapping like mm. game 4 was a good example where the game was just so even for so long and even when the game wasn't even, like it came down to a, a play which was even. like It was a dragon fight where it was a 5v5 or a 4v4 where Fnatic just outplayed them in one. And yes, they outplayed them, but the fact that G2 was actually able to match the play was just good overall, so it's a good sign going into the games against Vitality, which I think their series versus XL was quite messy barring game 4 and 5. So um, I feel like... I think Rogue and Fnatic are probably going to be the winners of the split. I feel like that series decides... Won't decide, of course, mm-hmm. because there will be a rematch, but like those are probably gonna be our, our champions. But um, I think G2 will be the team to make it lose loser bracket final to face uh, the, the loser of uh, the other bracket finals. I can see so, it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Rogue Fanatic. I think that um,
0: my biggest, there are two gigantic factors in this series, actually. Uh, mm. Actually, there's, there's kind of just one role and I, I'm just looking at jungle. I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm really looking at jungle because I think that we've talked about Maorang um, we know what his comfort picks are. We know that it's predictable, that it hasn't stopped it from being super effective. And I wanna see what Fnatic are gonna do to it. And similarly, Razork has been the worst performing member on Fnatic. I don't think that that's a based take or a bold take. Um, and I'm wondering, mm-hmm. even though he did have some good games in the series, I'm not trying to take away from him, he's had a solid season, but on a team of superstars, he's the one that's kind of lagging behind a little bit. I'm curious if that if that ends up being uh, you know, the X factor in the series. And it's kind of where I'm where I'm naturally looking. Because everywhere else, it's like, there can be some differences. They can match back and forth. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, if any, most of these people get fed, they will run away with the game. Like, last time these two teams played each other, it was like, Upset got two kills in like a really bizarre dragon fight. And then just completely took over the game as Felios. Just absolutely blasted it. I think that was yeah. the same game that Razzler admittedly whipped a bunch of Diana alts, but like, they still got there in the end. So, but that's where I'm looking. I don't know. What, what's your focus?
1: What do you think about this game? Um, I mean, every role is going to be so important. Like, auto-wunder is probably, as much as I say it, maybe auto-wunder is probably the least important or the least impactful or, like, the least on-paper impactful role because of the amount of explosivity and bot lane that both these teams have and, like, mid. Um, I'm favoring Fnatic in this series. I feel like there's two things I saw that Fnatic did in their series versus G2. Um, Number one, they were so patient. Like, I've never seen Fnatic be this patient in my life. Like um they would get leads they would wait for dragons they wouldn't over siege they would like use their nash properly and not like overdive even without nash or try to siege or anything like this crazy um and number two their mid game is just so much cleaner than it ever was i feel like like their mid game just looks insane i mean humanoid i don't know if it's if i know humanoid is now like the voice of their mid game but i don't know how much he fluctuates based on what champion he's on for example if i'm playing leblanc as a mid laner from my experience very hard to dictate it's very easy to dictate the pace of the game because i can just push out a side, move movement and one shot someone or like look for plays on my own if i'm playing victor for example i need my team to be the ones to like take charge of where to be and what to do because i'm just a backline scaling mage right um mm. if it doesn't fluctuate playing on his champion then perfect uh, but i feel like i'm kind of favoring Fnatic for those two reasons um i think after their series versus g2 i feel like they are the best team we have in the league but um i feel like It'll also be extremely meta-dependent and extremely like uh, draft-dependent yeah. again, because I feel like when teams, two, I think two teams are so close. I, th- I keep saying I feel like so many times. Uh, I think when when both teams are so <laughs> evenly matched, draft is so so important and and adaptability and flexibility. Like is Rogue just gonna ban the block for the entire series? Probably. So what else has Fnatic got right?
0: Yeah, I think that what makes this series um, incredibly incredibly exciting is that it feels to us. In both series, like Rogue weren't really pushed to show a lot. And we heard from Trimby that also maybe they didn't have the best read. They weren't as ready with serious as they needed to be. Mm. And we, well, we didn't get to talk to Fnatic this week, but we're pretty, pretty sure that Fnatic have also not shown us the full depth of their champion pool. And mm. that is very, very exciting for this series because Rogue were considered for most of the regular season, hands down, the best drafting team. A lot of their wins were credited to how good their drafts were um and obviously g2 came to play as well in this playoffs they had a lot of strategies ready for leblanc i'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do against vitality what strategies they're going to have ready but these are two teams who have not shown us a ton in draft with hugely explosive players um and i think it's going to slap that said i'm inclined to agree with you as much as razork has not been the strongest performer i think hill is saying is so damn good i think upset is clearly our best the best ad carry in our league and i i you know, humanoid Larson can be tight. It can be close. Toppling can be tight and close. Jungle can be tight and close. But like, um, so much comes down to draft. And I've just seen more from humanoid this season. That doesn't mean that Larson doesn't have the potential. That doesn't mean that Larson isn't, you know, an outstanding player. He's had a really good season. But like, mm-hmm. humanoid has been absolutely everywhere this season. He has done absolutely everything. And I think when it comes down to like three mid lane bands, like da 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 da, I just trust. Which is a weird thing to say because I'm so used to Humanoid being the guy who just dies all the time. But in this new world of f- fanatic Humanoid, I believe in Humanoid. Like I, this man mm-hmm. makes wins happen. You know, like him and Hillisang are two of the clutchest players we have in the league. And it's just, it. You, I cannot count that out. And I certainly will like am ready to be wrong. I would love to see Rogue rise to that bestified potential. We always talk about like maybe they have, maybe they don't. But um, yeah, this is, this is a fanatic win for me agreed i'm on the same page buddy nailed it well ladies and gentlemen looks like our time is running out uh remember you can tune in at 6 p.m berlin time i can't really remember if it's cet or cest so i'm just gonna say berlin time you guys can figure that out cet thank you uh on friday That's going to be our first uh, lower bracket matchup G2 versus Vitality. Saturday will be Rogue versus Fnatic. Misfits will be the winner of the Friday match. So, exciting. It's going to be tight. It's going to be an explosive series of best of fives. I hope Misfits can show us more. If you're a Misfits fan, you're like, damn, these guys are pessimistic. Hope that we're wrong. I hope that we're wrong. I hope we get sick 15 game weekend. Uh, Cadrill's casting every single day. That's the only thing that I know for sure. What day I'm casting with him, I don't know. This man is an absolute unit. Uh, He never stops. He's an endless contest. Machine machine twitch.tv slash kdral um thanks to everybody who showed up uh to to listen good to be back mm-hmm. um thanks to trimby for coming on the show and uh you have to draw the Yo picture i'll draw another ring picture okay i'll do it then. and we'll see you guys we'll see you guys this weekend and next week
1: bye-bye